chapter 14. This morning, we're focusing on a message title, In Jesus' Name, and what it means when we pray, In Jesus' Name, and uh, how that, sometimes it's, it's not used right. Um, when we pray in Jesus' name, uh, this is not a password that opens the key and opens the door so we uh, get the information from the Father. It is uh, Praying in Jesus' name is not a password. Now, when I was looking for a picture to go with this particular slide, um, I, I came across this next picture. Uh, God. Like a strong Wi-Fi signal is available everywhere. But in order to connect to him, you need the right password. And the password is Jesus Christ. Okay, now if you notice, I blocked out the person's name. Uh, I don't want to make fun of the person who thought this was a good idea, but they're wrong. Uh, Praying in Jesus' name is not a password to get what you want. Praying in Jesus' name is connecting with Him. The second thing praying in Jesus' name is not, it's not tacking a four-word slogan or mantra at the end of your prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, all right, we pray about all, gimme, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, It's not just tacking that on to our prayers. Praying in Jesus' name is thinking about Jesus and thinking about the real Jesus. See, our culture doesn't believe in the real Jesus. Our culture believes Jesus was all about love. Jesus is love, but he's not all about love. He's also about righteousness and holiness and family and even discipline. He's about all of those things. This is the Jesus who was God and is God, who was born as a baby and then grew up a sinless life. He suffered and died on our behalf. He rose from the grave. He ascended into glory. He's interceding on high. He's coming back in the clouds to call us up to be with him if we're still alive in that day when he returns, and then he's going to come back and rule and reign on planet Earth, and he's not going to rule and reign with rose petals. The description in the Bible is with a rod of iron, a tool of discipline required for ruling planet Earth. He is God, always has been, always will be. When we pray in Jesus' name, we acknowledge who he is. Now, because of some of the things that Jesus says about praying in his name, people get these wrong ideas. They think, oh man, if I just pray in Jesus' name, I get what I want. And let's look at some verses in John that make you think that's possibly what's going on. John chapter 14 and verse number 13. John 14, 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Look in chapter 15. Chapter 15 and verse number 26. I'm sorry, 16. 15, 16. 
Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. And then John chapter 16, verse 23. John 16, 23. In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So some people act like, man, if I just say it right and I ask it in Jesus' name, then I'm going to get what I want. So Jesus, you know, my car's not doing well, so I need a new car. A Cadillac Elantra would be great, Jesus. Now please give it to me. Um, no, it doesn't work that way. In fact, we rejoice in getting the church van, right? That still took a lot of work. A lot of people gave over a long period of time. And then I, Jim Ricosi and I spent a lot of time online looking at different things. And then we went and looked and test drove and tried things out. And then after we bought the van, we realized the passenger seats didn't quite hook right. So we had to uh, take that back and get those fixed. But it was a lot of work, yet it was still a gift from God. So the key to what Jesus is saying is you have to ask in my name, not throw the name of Jesus on it and you get whatever you want. You know, I only got enough money for hot dogs, but I'm going to pray to Jesus, and I'm going to pray that Jesus will make this hot dog taste like steak. I've never seen a hot dog that could taste like steak. And if they could make one, you don't want to eat it because those artificial flavorings are bad for you. What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Let me give you half a dozen things to think about what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Number one, praying in Jesus' name honors Jesus as the one true mediator. In 1 Timothy chapter, well, go ahead and turn there, 1 Timothy chapter 2. I only remember one of the verses, and I wanted to look at two. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 5. I'm going to read it here so you can focus in and listen, even if you don't have it open yet. 1 Timothy chapter 3, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. <clears throat> he earned the right to be the mediator because he is, listen, the man Christ Jesus. He has always been God, God the Son, the Son of God. He has always been God, but he became man. And therefore, by being the man, Christ Jesus, he deserves to be the mediator between us. Now, some people try and become a mediator between two different people. And if you don't trust the mediator, then you're really in trouble, right? Uh, a mediator is when there's two sides at odds, the mediator comes in the middle and tries to mediate, to bring the two together. And God and people were at odds because God is righteous and holy and people are sinful and not holy. And so 
God said we were actually his enemies when Christ died for us and he became the mediator so that if you trust Jesus Christ, you now have access to the Father that you could not have had on your own without his mediation. And it says there is how many mediators? One. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, don't you think your pastor's just a little closer to God than you are? Yes, I am, because I'm on the platform and he's up there. <laughs> well, I guess not, because that would make Jeff even higher. Uh, hey, we do not pray through anybody. There are people who pray through Mary, the mother of Jesus. There are people who pray through so-called saints. We're all saints. If we have trusted Christ as our Savior, the Scripture says we are saints. So we don't exalt certain people as saints. All believers are called to be saints. And so we don't pray in the name of. When I go to God in prayer, I don't say, Oh, Mom, I know you're up there with the Lord. Put in a good word with Jesus with me. No, I pray to the Father in Jesus' name. That's the appropriate way to pray. We Praying in Jesus' name honors Jesus as the one true mediator between God and man. Number two, praying in Jesus' name worships Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Remember when Paul wrote to the church in Philippi? He said that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Remember that? Uh, praying in Jesus' name is worshiping Jesus just like the Father wants us to. And it's also a preview of coming attractions, a preview of that time in heaven when we are with the Lord and we all worship Him together. Now, say it with me, please. We're going to look up here on the screen, and this is what we're going to say in heaven when we're all worshiping the Lord together. Ready? You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. The Lord did this, and we're going to worship Him because praying in Jesus' name worships Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Number three, praying in Jesus' name reminds us of our great salvation. Some of you got led to the Lord by somebody using what's called the Roman road. And in the Roman road, you start out in chapter three about there's none righteous, that we're all sinners. You move along to chapter 6, that uh, the wages of sin is death, and chapter 5 says that while we were still sinners, uh, Christ gave himself for us. He sacrificed himself for us. And so now the gift of God is salvation. And then in chapter 10, it tells you how to be saved. It says that if you will confess the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the mouth you make confession to salvation, and with the heart you believe unto righteousness. And so I've used that verse when talking to people and they've trusted Christ as Savior, 
and when they've been ready to pray to Christ, I've reminded them, saying words doesn't save you. You have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. It takes both. You can't just believe in your heart and be saved. You can't just confess with your mouth and be saved. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart to be saved. It's a gift from God, and God is working, and God is drawing you, and God is moving, but you are partnering with God in this by receiving and accepting Christ. Hebrews um, 7.25 says, when he saves, he saves to the uttermost those that come unto God by him. So praying in Jesus' name reminds us of our great salvation. So I am not just praying to some stranger up there who does not know me. I am praying to the one who gave his life for me, the one who loves me, the one who received me, the one who makes me his brother, who partners with me. I'm praying in Jesus' name, and it reminds me of all that he has done. And there are times when we have to remind ourselves that God is absolutely trustworthy. I know I'm a pastor, and I have been for more than 25 years, and before that, I was faithfully serving in church as a business manager, and I was a Bible teacher and serving in my church and preaching frequently, and, and then God allowed me the opportunity to become a pastor, and, and I rejoice in that opportunity. But being a pastor doesn't take away the struggles of the flesh. I know there's some pastors who make it seem like it. If you just act like me, God will be pleased. Well, if you act like Jesus, God will be pleased. If you act like Terry, God's going to have the same problems with you that he has with me. I have struggled to trust God in some areas in my life. And to be honest with you, it's not me. Like, I have some health issues. I have no idea what's going on with my knee today. Um, I know a couple years ago a surgeon told me it's time to replace it. I told him, I'm waiting till the total body replacement in heaven. Uh, but, you know, it, it may come sooner rather than later, right? I don't know why it's a problem today. It wasn't this morning. It is now. I don't have any problem trusting Christ with that. I got some health issues. No big deal. Kathy and I have some personal financial strain. A little bit of a deal. But it's in, in the lives of people I love. And they're going through great hardship and difficulty. And that's when I have the hardest time to trust the Lord. I, I, I want to do something. I want to change something. And God reminds me that he's using the difficulty to accomplish something that could not happen without it. And he's going to work all things together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So the very difficulty that I'm frustrated with and having trouble trusting God with, God's saying, this is what I am using to accomplish my will. So in reality, I'm fighting against God. So... Prayer reminds us of our great salvation and our, our connection to God and our need to trust Him. And it reminds us, because of our salvation, 
that he is trustworthy. I have heard politician after politician. The president who was in office when I was born was uh, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower. I don't remember hearing President Eisenhower, uh, but I remember hearing every president since then say something that was on the radio or on TV after we could finally afford a television. And, and I remember hearing the voice of our president. And I've heard politician after politician say, trust me. You know, the scariest words you can hear on the planet, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Trust me. Right? You, you, you know, we just stress over this. But we have the God of the universe who has proven his trustworthiness. He took a sinful person, you, and he paid the penalty for your sins on purpose on the cross. And he says, I will receive you if you will trust me. He is completely trustworthy. So praying in his name reminds us of that. Number four, praying in Jesus' name expresses our love to him and our love for him. He has loved us with an everlasting love. He loved us then, and he loves us still. He still loves. One of my favorite verses in the Gospel of John, it's actually the end of the verse that I love. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come to depart out of the world and unto the Father, here's what I really love. Having loved his own, which are in the world, he loved them unto the end. He loved his own that are in the world. So God's not waiting till Kathy Bird gets to heaven, and then he's finally going to love her because she'll be righteous and she'll realize there's a more blessed place than Texas. No, he's loving her right now. He's not waiting till you get to heaven before he rejoices in his relationship with you. He's doing it right now. And so we, when we pray in Jesus' name, we are expressing our love for him. He loves us right where we live. He loves us in the middle of the mess we sometimes make of our lives. He loves us in our struggles. He loves us in our brokenness. And we express our love back to him. I, I love the dad. I have prayed this prayer a lot lately. The dad in, in the Gospels when he, Jesus said, do you believe that I can heal your son? And he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Uh, Lord, I love you. I don't always act like I love you. And I express that love in prayer, in praying in Jesus' name, because it's his desire that we respond to him by loving him. With what? How much should we love God? With everything. Our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. Love Him with everything you've got. Old Testament scholar Alec Moiter said the Psalms were written by people who knew a lot less about God. They didn't have the New Testament. People who knew a lot less about God than we do and loved God a lot more than we do. See, if we're really praying in Jesus' name, then we are expressing our love to him 
and our love for him. Number five, praying in Jesus' name requires us to submit to his will and his way. Kathy and I were in the kitchen this morning. Bacon was cooking. Eggs were frying. and We were having a theological discussion about God and submitting to him. I don't like some of the things God allows in the lives of people I love. I hurt, hurt them. And I'm trying to trust God, but it's hard. It's difficult. I know, I know he's righteous. I know he only does what's right. I know no matter how big the mess, he'll use it for good. But I know it up here. It's hard to know it here. You know what I mean? It's hard to get it in your heart and completely trust him. But I was reminded this morning, after listening to wisdom from Kathy and going back and spending some more time in prayer, the very first miracle that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, his mother Mary expressed a need and trusted Jesus to meet the need. And she turned to the people by her and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And then she walked away, trusting that Jesus would do the right thing. And he did. And the people who obeyed him were blessed to partner in it. So praying in his name requires us to submit. It's like Jesus in the garden saying to the Father, not my will, but thine be done. So if I'm really praying in his name and not just tacking in Jesus' name, amen, on the end of my prayer, if I'm really praying in his name, then I am saying, Jesus, you're in charge, I'm not, I submit, I trust, I love, I will obey. It requires you to submit. Jesus, you remember, called his disciples unto him. What did he say? Follow me. And the most significant thing you can say about any of those guys is they followed Jesus Christ. And I want that to be said about me. I want to follow him even when it hurts. And praying in Jesus' name requires us to submit to his will and his way. Number six, praying in Jesus' name emphasizes what's eternal. It emphasizes what's eternal. See, we are, as Hebrews 12, 1 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In Philippians 1.20, Paul said, uh, we are desiring Christ to be magnified, whether by our life or by our death. Uh, Revelation 1.18, we are following the one who lived and was dead and behold is alive forevermore. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, we are reminded that when he calls us home to heaven, let's put it in more graphic terms, when your body dies, your soul and spirit go to be with the Lord and so shall we be with the Lord forever. We will ever be with the Lord. 
And when we pray in Jesus' name, it reminds us of that glorious day, some golden daybreak when Jesus will come. That day when we go to be with him. And as the blind hymn writer Fanny Crosby said, what a glorious day when I see my Savior face to face. What glory. See, when we pray in His name, we remind ourselves that He is our Lord, He is our God, and He is our friend. And He is our eternal hope, as Paul told Titus, and our everlasting joy, as the prophet Isaiah wrote. He, we are His, and He is ours, and so we pray in His name. In Acts chapter 15, uh, a letter written by James, the brother of Jesus, clarifying the theology in the churches. James called Barnabas and Paul his beloved brethren. And he described them as men who had risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So praying in Jesus' name, it's not a mantra, it's not a password. Praying in Jesus' name is a description of your life. It is worshiping and honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. It's expressing your love and committing your obedience. And it's longing for the day when you see your Savior face to face. In His name. That's not just the closing of our prayer, that's how we pray. We pray in Jesus' name. Won't you bow your heads as our musicians come and Jim comes to lead us in a hymn in just a minute. Father, we thank you that we can pray in Jesus' name. We thank you that life does not have to make sense to us. You have it in control. We thank you that you are trustworthy. We have trusted you with our soul. We should so easily be able to trust you with physical or emotional or financial needs. We thank you that we can call upon you and you will hear and answer our prayers. We thank you when we're genuinely praying in Jesus' name, genuinely seeking to honor him. You do amazing things, like those of us who are praying for a financial blessing, and you provided better than you ever have. And we thank you. I pray that we would be a people who pray in Jesus' name, who live in Jesus' name, who walk in Jesus' name, who love in Jesus' name. Thank you for our Lord and our God and our Savior and our friend, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. I pray that this morning, if there are decisions that people need to make, they would put Jesus first. They would not be embarrassed to step out and come to the front to trust Christ as Savior. They would say, I want to connect with Jesus. They would not be embarrassed to take a stand for Christ in baptism or in church membership. They would say, I want to unite with Jesus Christ and with his body, this local church. 
Lord, I pray that we would trust Christ fully today, not just for our salvation, but for our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together and we're going to sing, I love you, Lord.